What time is it? What time is it's it? 2 it's 2 a.m. It's 2 a.m. Sure, we don't know what the fuck we're doing, actually. It's been what? so long. Been so long. It's been Shall we leave? I don't know the word. See, it's just naturally ratchet, because I was definitely talking about Anita Baker. Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that song. All I know is, damn, what caught up in a rapture, or uh, sweet love, or that's really it. Mm. This is some other ones. Yeah, um, you might want to introduce the podcast right quick. All right, 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 right. All right, welcome, 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 guys. This is the Two Awkward Millennials podcast, and I am joined by my partner in argumentative banter, Hendrix. Happy New Year. Okay. And I am Casey, and the place to be in that place is the 2 a.m. podcast each and every Monday, bringing you our awkward take on pop culture, life, love, and the millennial experience. What it do, guys? Did you say each and every Monday? We took, first of all, it was break. Damn. It's always it's always people in your life trying to put you down and hold you back. And what you say to them is be gone, hater. I you know fed you today. Calm down. Against my will. <laughs> now what up? Hello. Uh, what's going on? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you might be enjoying this lovely podcast. We just want to welcome you guys back for a new year. New listeners, new, welcome. Yes, yes, welcome everyone. Enjoying and taking in, you know, this lovely experience <laughs> for the first time. Yeah, I'm trying to get my Salvatore on. You just got to in- introduce all the people that, you know, are new and old and perspectives down the line and shit like that. All right, shut up, nigga. Wow. So you're still doing that? Yeah. Still a hater. That's great. Well, besides being a horrible human being, how have you been? Um, I've been pretty good, actually. Um, That's cool. Moving on. No, I'm just playing. What are you about to say? <laughs> no, nah, I mean, it was a break. Um, We took a step back from a lot of... Well, the world actually went to shit while we were gone. It did go to shit. Um, So that was a little troubling because you guys didn't get our take on a lot of this stuff. You guys won't get our take on a lot of that stuff. Um, but, Speak for yourself. Yeah, okay. But, uh, yeah, overall, man, it's it's been kind of nice to not have an outlet. You know. Is it? Yeah, I mean, nice in the sense of, you know, after a while you just feel like you complaining and talking shit. Like, you know, I never feel that way. Well, you're naturally. Naturally what? Positive. So. Oh, okay. I've literally never heard anything like that before in regards. You no, know, I'm starting the new year off by, you know, just lying, boosting people's <laughs> weakness, you know, <laughs> helping people boost their weakness up to be oh, a All right. So okay. Uh-huh. If I tell you you're positive enough, maybe you'll Shut change up. your fucking way. No, I'm good. We good over here. We solid. We don't need no help from you. 
So what, but, um, what's been up? You actually got a vacation while we were on this break. I haven't, but you actually got a vacation. And I'm actually tired so. already. We are four <laughs> minutes in. I've worked entirely too hard <laughs> already. You've actually been on vacation. So what's been up with your vacation? You I can... have done a ridiculous amount of sleeping. Um, It's been a beautiful thing. I've watched a lot of TV, a lot of Netflix. I hung out a little bit, like very little, actually. I've been off work for like almost a month. I should go back tomorrow or today, depending on when you're consuming this. And uh, that fucking sucks. It's bittersweet. It's like I'm ready to like have purpose in my life again. But I'm also... You and me both. Don't want to work. So, no. But it's all good. You know, I'm chilling, dancing, emphasizing, you know what I'm saying? Trapping out the bando per usual. And uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, life is good. I've actually, like, I thought it would be like, oh, God, I'm so lazy and laying around. Besides the fact that I'm sitting here and feeding the fuck out of myself and getting fat. That's pretty much all. You look healthy now. Oh, well, I'm, I'm trying to get back to anorexia levels. <laughs> that's you know what I'm saying would you rather be full or thin you know what I'm saying would you rather be satiated or hungry don't answer that one but well I mean in both of those cases like mine is both so. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> mine is both I'm just saying I'm full and thin beauty doesn't feel good you know what I'm saying you have to be beautiful you might be hungry, but you'll still be beautiful. I hope no kids are listening to this. It's horrible advice. I don't know what kids are listening to this, period. Man. <laughs> Fuck is my own child parents. <laughs> anyways, yeah. Life is grand. I actually am in a really good place right now. So, yeah. I guess I'll talk more about that later. Um, but, yeah. You know, whatever. Shit is... Everything is everything. I hope you guys are all doing well. I hope you have been enjoying life. At this point, hope you had a great holiday season. Happy fucking New Year. It's 2019 in this motherfucker. Ew. You know what I'm saying? I can't do the other one. I can't roll my tongue, but... You know, whatever. Happy New Year. The fuck? <laughs> Period. <laughs> hope you're living your very best motherfucking life. Last year, this year, the year after... Whatever the case may be. Thank God for growth. There was a lot of jokes in there. Oh, okay. Fuck face. <laughs> I haven't grown in that way. <laughs> Still ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of jokes. But anyways, yes. Like I said, hope y'all doing well. Enjoying life. You know what I'm saying? So I know, you know, a lot of times people feel like, you know, we are the um, newscasters. You know, in the podcast community, you know, we do a lot of the, you know, timeline, well, not timeline, social media, you know, all the goings on and celebrity dirt and everything, but it was too much. It was too much. Is that too much? Since we've been gone. um, Don't think about it too much, too much, too much, too much. Yeah, since we've been gone, like, we, we can't recap everything. But Why? Because people don't like three-hour podcasts unless you like Joe Button or Conrad Thompson. Well, first of all, will it really be three hours? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> let me listen here, folks. I don't really focus a whole lot on like the shit 
in the water, like I kind of really just mind my own business. So if it's not for the literally like just to do my job and be on this podcast and be, you know what I'm saying, my best fucking self, I wouldn't know about the shit. So I really shit. I want to know. <laughs> I wouldn't know otherwise. <laughs> so I said, oh, what happened? I mean, I know the the main shit, you know what I'm saying, survive. <laughs> but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, well, not really a lot of music came out. A lot of lackluster music came out. Like what? Who who did who drop? Nobody really. Big Crit dropped something. Um, I'm excited about the Revenge of the Nerds or whatever the fuck J Cole's doing. I forgot what the fuck. Oh that yeah, was. I saw Revenge that. I saw J Cole supposed to be dropping something soon. So hopefully that Dreamville project. Is... I'm surprised we still haven't got a release date for Ross. I'm not. Are you not? No. I'm surpri- I'm surprised. I'm pretty sure he's trying to let me get as much as he can possibly get. And then he'll come afterwards. I mean, we haven't had like a, a springish Ross in a while. Spring. But that's what I'm saying. I feel like he got, he make ride music. This is a good but, time yeah. for it. Normally he drops like in the fall. So mm. get some yeah, summertime late, Ross and shit. Um, yeah. Other than that, it's been kind of quiet. On that sense Yeah uh, I'm literally trying to think of any new music I listen to And I don't think I listen to anything new No I um just got on Oh this artist I don't want to say her name wrong But I can't remember <laughs> Who she is Oh Victoria Monet She makes very like mm, She's like a mix of like SZA and Ariana Grande it's a very interesting mix, isn't it? Because it's like she's like it's like a R and B sound, but it's poppy. It's like R and B lyrics, but it's like to a poppy ass beat. It's really weird. Okay, but it was a couple good tracks on there. Mm. Oh, whatever. I watched dance videos. They was dancing one of her songs, and it made me go look at more of her projects. And that's kind of how went I down that rabbit it. hole. Yes, yes. I'm good for that. I'm definitely good for that. I've been loving the absolute fuck. Ida Summer Walker, like, and I know I was talking to her, talking about her before, because <laughs> she still hasn't dropped anything. It was the same album that she dropped at the end, towards the end of the year. That shit is amazing. Like, I, every time I listen, I fall more and more in love with like a different song or like just listen to it. I can listen to that album from the beginning to end. Whoa. It's great. Yeah. And I feel like, well, yes, the album is all of ten minutes, but. I also feel like we're friends in my head because every time I tweet about her, she like it. So we're besties. Every time. Mm. We're friends. Yeah. Besties. Best friends. So. Uh, okay. I'm I, just, what? 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 I'm not that same. I'm not. Look, I'm trying to improve myself. I'm not the same person I was you are. 13 You're days trash, ago. You are. You're just trash, bro. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I, I, don't, know. I don't speak on my trash as much as I have. Oh, okay. I was like, okay, cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a cool story. Huh? Okay. It's like Lil B when he used to like everybody tweets about Lil B shit back in the day because he had shit else to do. Yeah. I don't know anything about Lil B. Lil B like followed everybody on Twitter. No, I don't know about that. Crazy. That's like 2009 Twitter. Damn, I'm shit. <sighs> oh yeah. Also, I'm, I'm I'm very upset. I know I tweeted that out yesterday. Like all the little puberty challenges and you know growing up and shit that came back around like. 
I still can't do it. Fuck you guys. Right? Why can't you do it? I look the same. You look more like a chipmunk before. I was a little heavier. Mm. Yeah. Toned down in my older age. More body conscious. Anorexia. Oh, more body conscious. Trying to be as much as a fat ass. Like, you know, when you can eat whatever the fuck you want and not really take shape in your body, you tend to do a lot of stupid shit that you don't need to do. So, yeah. You know, I'm almost 30. My my metabolism is actually starting to slow down a little bit. So I definitely have to be more conscious of what I eat and what I put in my body. So, yeah. But as far as that puberty challenge, fuck y'all. I still look like I looked when I was 19. So, whatever. (sighs) Okay. Okay. Well, lastly, did you watch the Bandersnatch movie? What is it? The Black Mirror Bandersnatch. No, I've never watched movie. any of Black Mirror. Look, man, it is a very interesting concept that will probably take shape around maybe like in the next three years. We'll probably see it more mainstream. But that story itself was absolute garbage. In hindsight, you know, everybody was hyped because you got to pick your movie and shit like that. But yeah. The story, story-wise, it fit for the beginning of that concept, but in totality. It was, oh, I never watched. It. I did it see it was supposed to be like this interactive movie. It's fun the first time, but it's different. Like it, it's not like all these choices lead to these endings. Like it will actually make you like restart the whole. You know, well, not the whole. It'll restart the movie and fast forward you back to this. You know, decision that you're supposed to make to have a set outcome and shit so it was it was cool like the first 15 minutes of it it was cool but after that it was like all right let's end this shit bro it's not it's not holding my attention hmm. not holding my attention at all i just wanted to stop like i'm actually about to exit out close app like, interesting did you watch bird box yeah i did not see it how was it i i, I was gonna watch it because everybody was, well I'm actually going to go against the grain. So when I saw everybody talking about it, I was just like, mm, whatever. So I didn't watch it. Look, man. But then some people saying it was great. Some people saying it was stupid. So I never watched it. What was your take? It didn't make sense. Okay. <laughs> it didn't make sense. Especially as you progressed through the movie and you got towards the end. It was like, oh. And I mean, I kind of got the, the gist of it. It was a very twisted gist in my point of view. It's like, oh, so the people with the disabilities are the smart people in this scenario. Okay, got it. Okay. So y'all could have just did this to begin with and not had to worry about none of that other shit. All right, cool. Um, yeah. You know, that hype be shit. I'm I'm not I'm not in love with that anymore. Sorry. And stop doing the bird box challenge, like in common, you know, common shit. Y'all gonna fuck yourselves up. It's not, it's not becoming of you. Don't put on blindfolds and like run. Stupid. But yeah, other than that, did we touch on all the high B shit? Um, I watched you. Oh, another high B shit. I'm sorry. That shit is actually good. I didn't, uh, and I didn't watch it because I heard people talking about it. I watched it because. I watched Gossip Girl when I was younger, and Penn Bradley is actually my whole husband in my head. So, he's fine as shit. And then, like, I think it's actually, like, a rule of thumb with the majority that if you're, like, 
not problematic and like a genuinely good person, you stop aging as fast. And so he looks amazing to me. He's so fine. But anyways, besides lusting over Pim Bradley, I did that actually the entire time I watched you. Um, I've been actually putting everybody on the show. I started watching with my friends. I told my stepmom to watch it. Me and my sister watched the whole season when she was doing my hair. I put a couple other people on it. It's a really good fucking show. It's one of those shows that's written where they write the protagonist so in a way that it's like they're unlikable. (laughs) And then the anti-hero, they write them in a way where you're like, well, I kind of understand him. So you'd be conflicted the whole time because it's like they're really the bad guy, but they're written in a way where it's like you sympathize with them. Yeah. So that's kind of how the show was written. Great show, great writing. It's good. I really like it. Man, they have another series coming out with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal that looks like similar to that, mm-hmm. which is yeah, I might check that out as a, as well as you. You is good. It was something else I watched too. What else did I watch? I've been watching Criminal Minds. I don't count. Um, you Criminal Minds. What else did I watch? I started run- watching Runaways. Okay. Um. It was something that I watched, but I can't remember. Okay, I have this little obsession with this show. What? It's an obscure um, show. It actually comes on Ion. It's called mm-hmm. Private Eye. It's like a. Well, I started watching Lucifer too. Lucifer. And, they, and Netflix picked it up. I know people were sad they canceled it on TV. Netflix actually picked it up? Yeah, Netflix. Yeah, I like Lucifer. He's hilarious. Um, yeah, it's called Private Eyes. It's about a. Um, an ex-hockey player and a private investigator and they team up or whatever do private eye shit it's like a romantic comedy slash investigative show mm-hmm. it's funny it's like what I do when I like smoke weed and be bored and shit I watch private eye so yeah private eye I'm pretty, I think you can get it on uh, Hulu too so watch that other than that yeah man I've been trying not to you know, relapse to my old 2018 habits. <laughs> oh, I went to see Aquaman. I was good, too. He fine as hell, too. Me and my friend Lily was just in the movie theater like, this man fine. <laughs> oh, he pitiful. But it was a really good movie, though. I mean, that's how a lot of people look at stuff like that. I didn't see Bumblebee, but I heard it was good. Look, they compare Bumblebee to E.T., so, Whoa, okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh it's pretty, I didn't, pretty steep. Okay. I didn't hear that one. Yeah. It, it's still like 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, really? Uh, oh, wow. But, all right, interesting. <laughs> but, yeah, that's pretty much all I was really watching and all I really, like, listened to. I really haven't been doing really much. Of getting into new shit. Like I said, I watched you watch that. It was something else I feel like we was watching. But I can't remember. So, whatever. <laughs> Rick and Morty. <laughs> I go to sleep to Rick and Morty. Finally. Excuse me. Finally. But that's the only one I want something happy to watch. Because Criminal Minds and Living By Yourself, it made me like check the rooms. Watching it. Because <laughs> yeah, it's no. like these people just be, is- they just be, be dead out of nowhere. It used to be random ass people that these people just out to kill. So I'm like, 
Yeah, man, it's some, it's some crazy so people. So after a while, here. I started hearing shit. And so I'm like, you know what? Let me watch something happy before I go to sleep, before I have fucking nightmares. Yeah. Rick and Morty, Bob's Burgers, something like that. Yeah, Bob's Burgers okay. I like Rick and Morty better. It's okay. Eh, whatever. Moving on. Paradise PD. Yeah, that's good. You watch Paradise. Paradise PD is fucking hilarious. <laughs> That shit is the funniest shit I've seen. Probably since Brickleberry. Brickleberry was hilarious as well, but Paradise PD starts off in the introduction. It started off on some bullshit. As the funniest fucking shit I've ever seen from a cartoon. Alright. So the world is very, very sick at this moment, and we are about to highlight some of the Sickness? Yeah, we're going to highlight some of the sickness. As always, we try and put a little bit of positivity in there as well. So we are going to start off with a positive uh, story. Um, Marcia Martin, the 14-year-old actress from the hit show Blackish, is now the youngest black executive producer in Hollywood as she is releasing the new film Little, starring starring Issa Rae and Regina Hall. It is a remake of the film Big, and if you watch the trailer, it looks very interesting. Very interesting. I'm taking case he didn't see the trailer because she's not talking. We'll talk. Okay, bro. Damn, the fuck. I seen it. When I first watched it, it actually it? put me in a... I, I've never seen Big. I think it came out before I was born. Um, yes. But when I first seen it, it put me in a minus 17 again. When I seen it. Yes, all of those are in the same category. Maybe because I just watched 17 again a couple weeks ago. So maybe that's why. Or what was the other... No, that's not in the same room, but uh, like Life Size. Oh. Life size or Freaky Friday. Yeah. All of those are in the same vein, but shout out to her for being young, black, and excellent. Yeah, um, for sure. I will say that it was kind of weird seeing Regina Hall. Regina Hall. Seeing her in that role. Because it was weird. She, saw, she always plays like a sweetheart. It was weird seeing her um, be mean. It almost seemed like their role was written for Taraji almost. It, it probably was. But she got what 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 men want, or what, <coughs> which is now I've seen that original movie with Mel Gibson and Mel Gibson. Yes, I used I watched that when I was younger. Um, so I was saying I was talking to my friend about that. I was like, it's kind of cool how they're doing it, like switching genders and races. I guess with a lot of these movies that came out in the past. Well, Jordan Peele actually spoke on that. When he was talking about, like, the way he has to do his budgeting for his movies. Mm-hmm. Like, he's one of the only, not even, like, black producers or black directors that is doing original content. He's one of the only directors that's doing original content. And he said because he is doing original content, he can't really get the budgeting. Whereas mm-hmm. he was, if he was to do a re- a reboot or something like that. He would have like this big budget and shit. So that that's his goal is to help more black directors get budgeting for original content instead of having to do all these fucking reboots and shit. 
which you you know like you were saying with the uh with the roles being reversed and the the races being you know switched yeah, yeah switched out so yeah because people thought it, uh uh us was supposed to be like a Candyman remake and shit mm okay so yeah it was it was it's not that not that at all. No, it doesn't. I don't but, know. They they turned I Got Five on into a very creepy ass. Yeah. yeah. yeah creepy very, ass song. Yeah. You slow the BPM, so no. Nah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, we go out and support her and support the movie and support our people. And she can do more work and we get more people in here on some good shit. Not some fuck shit. What else going on? All right, that's positive. Let's go to uh, something a little controversial. So, Mr. Jeff Bezos, the Amazon co-founder, is getting a divorce. No, that's not too bad. Until you see the numbers. So, Jeff Bezos is quoted as being worth a hundred and thirty-five and a half billion dollars. I'm sorry, you said what? A hundred and thirty-five and a half billion. That's how much he worth? Dollars. Yes. Okay. And in the divorce, his wife will receive sixty-eight billion dollars, making her the richest woman in the world. Now, a lot of people are up in arms about. This decision. Where they live at? Um, pretty sure they live in California now. Ain't that where they get half? Well, even more so than that. When you actually look at the story, um, his wife was actually the co-founder of Amazon. She was the one who was in the office in the beginning stages, you know, helping him get his organization off the ground. So she's been there from day one. She was shooting with him in the gym. <laughs> she was definitely catching the balls and throwing them back. So, yeah, in a sense, it might seem a little fucked up when you just look at the numbers aspect of it. But, yeah, I can say I don't have a problem with it. And he doesn't seem to have a problem with it either. Oh, well, if he don't care, then it is what it is. He's like, yeah, I did what I did. I understand that. He cheated or something? Yeah, he uh, oh, I, cheated with his best friend's wife or some shit like that. Oh, okay. Uh, what is that fucking show? And his best friend happened to be like a CIA agent or something like that. Some oh, shit like that. wow. A million little things. Okay. Yeah. So. Any a million little things on? That's a, look, that show is. I can't do that. It's on a block list, but this is us now. Can't do that. Speaking sidebar, sorry, that has nothing to do with nothing. Fuck a uh, 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 howdy and loud fuck you to Mar Brockakil's husband that ruined the fucking uh, Love Is show for me and my sister and everybody else that consumed it. I was so ready for season two. That show had me believing in love again. And he fucked it up. Hmm. Shout out to you for being a fuck boy. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it in your pants, <laughs> men. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. He put out a statement saying that it's, you know, it's mutual. Like, we've been together for 25 years, over 25 years, so, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. You know what? It's, it's just, just so it's just time. fucking exhausting. Like, 
Okay, that's the law. And if I mean, honestly, quite frankly, like it's the fucking law. So if you didn't want your person, like I think that's the problem with the internet age is that everybody's in a position to comment on everybody else's business. Cause it's just like if he didn't want her to get the fucking money, he could have had her sign a prenup when they got married. He wasn't thinking that. That's uh, what was too fucking bad. Like I don't know what you want to like at the end of the day, especially if she's not getting ownership or she's not getting any like stock in that company because that's all she's gonna get. I'm sure he's gonna continue making billions and millions of dollars forever. So if that's the only, if she's getting money and she done with, you know what I'm saying? Well, how much she getting? Thirty eight. Sixty eight. Okay, she getting sixty eight, and that's it. I mean, she said for her life, a kid's life, kids, kids' life, kid, kids, 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 like whatever. They said forever. <laughs> but if that's it and he still go on to make trillions of fucking dollars he don't have to get her shit else yeah. so I mean it is what it is Amazon will be here for a very very long time probably longer than me you him her and everybody else fucking else so I'm sure he's good he's not gonna miss any meals because she got that money like they good why you minding they fucking business you still broke so you need to stop counting her coins his coins the kids coins if they got kids I don't know but it is what it is. Like if he not mad, how you gonna be? How you gonna be more mad than somebody else? <laughs> he be more, it's his money or their money if she really helped him build. Yeah. So she definitely helped him. build. It is what it is. So yeah, I mean, more of the yeah, story. Yeah, they been married for twenty five years, definitely. Because I was watching the nineties documentary, and that's when fucking Amazon came to be. So if that was in the ni- the nineties, that the company not even twenty five years old. So they was together before it started. So y'all can how he fuck you to everybody that got a problem with the fuck they going through. Like, stop commenting on people's business. Mm. I find myself only commenting on people's comments about other people's comments about people's business. <laughs> like, I mean, like, why you minding their business? Why I'm minding your business about you minding their business? Ah, the world we live in. I know, right? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> okay. I'm here to put order into the world. So, um. Centoya Brown has been granted clemency. Yes, I was wondering if you was going to have this one. And she is set to be released from prison August 7th. She will remain on parole for 10 years after that. It's a long time to be on parole. Jesus Christ. Um, She was serving a life sentence for killing her pimp, essentially. Um. I didn't know until I actually like started really getting into this case that she's actually been in jail for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Like, cause if you look at her, she looks, she still looks like a very young woman. So yeah. yeah. And I watched some videos of the, uh, you know, the investigative interviews and all that. And I don't understand how she was charged in the first place. Honestly, like everything matched up perfectly like it was clearly self-defense and i'm glad that uh she's being let out and i heard another story today about um another woman that was let out of prison uh, being let out of prison for a life sentence after killing her abusive husband another black woman so apparently you know that wave is going stop Fucking hitting women, guys. Okay. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. But, uh, yeah. Stop doing that shit. Stop charging women for defending themselves. And, yeah. 
Let's keep it moving. In uh, other stories, since Santana. <laughs> now, before I say this, look, this is why I don't want to be famous. My biggest nightmare is that in some way, some form, this podcast gains traction and people are start you know, people in masses start listening to this and they go back and they pick a clip out of this podcast and then your fucking phone is blowing up for some shit that you said three years ago. I don't want that to happen at all. So that's why me and Casey try to be as careful as we can possibly be when we make some of these comments. You know, sometimes we go off the rails and shit because we believe in what we believe in. But, yeah, Santana Tanner was attempted to be stoned on social media for a clip of Angela Yee's Lip Service podcast from 2016 where she talked about how black men cater to Latin women because she wasn't lying. Especially, cater especially to Latin women. Um, of course she did the thing that is, you know, now known to do. Now celebrities are now known to do and apologize for shit that they don't have no reason for apologizing for. And, you know, explaining, and it wasn't like that, and this is what I was actually trying to say, and this and that, and, you know, I I really don't, I don't like public apologies, because most shit is taken out of context, and we don't know exactly what was edited out and all that shit, so in no way, shape, or form am I, you know, trying to, you know, shoot her any bail, per se, but... When you actually look at her comment, that is not a false statement at all. And I think one thing that we have to do now, I'm more so, you know, thinking about now is we have to stop looking at why what people said, but why people are saying what they're saying. Why do why did why is she so comfortable in saying what she said? Now, granted, it could just be her personal experience, which it probably is. But you have to look at, is she wrong? Because if this is all she knows, this is all she's seen, why are you mad at what her experiences are? Honestly, she said nothing wrong. And that's more indicative on black men, because we do tend to put people of other races on a pedestal as opposed to people of our own race. So we have to look, you know what I'm saying? We have to look at ourselves and figure out why are we making other people so comfortable with saying what the fuck they're saying about us? Okay, yeah, you know, black men put Latin women on a pedestal. Like, they like us more than we they like black women. How can you be mad at that when that's what's happening? Like, that's exactly what's happening. Well... Latin women, white women, Asian women, all that. Well, I'll say this as... The black woman. Hi, black woman. I think that people's issue with her comments, because I do agree that that is at fault of black men, because black men, for whatever reason, are incapable of dating outside of their race without bashing the people who created them. They're incapable of just being like, you know what? 
you, whoever person that you are, you're attractive and I want to date you and your personality and who you are. They're just like, I want to date you because black women are this, this, that, and a third. They feel like to bring and pedestal their women, they have to destroy the black woman, whatever. This has been going on for decades and centuries or whatever the fuck the case may be. What are the statement that Malcolm X made that Beyonce had quoted about the most disrespected and disregarded and unprotected one person? The black woman. Nothing has fucking changed. If anything, it's gotten worse. We I all know that this. Was Malcolm X. It was Malcolm X. That's what it said. Okay. Right. No, Beyonce had quoted it on Lemonade or something. No, I guess. But um, yes. Nothing has changed. If anything, like I said, it's gotten worse. No one is checking for us. That is common knowledge. We know this. We all know this. It was, I had watched, um, I read an article and watched a video about it. And they were pretty much saying like, if you think about it, like since Antonia, for instance, she has like coarser hair, she's curvier. She has more ethnic features like her nose and stuff like that. To her culture, she is discardable. She is too black looking. You know what I'm saying? But to black men, She's exotic. You know what I'm saying? So they're going to go towards that. So, like, even though the discarded women of all these other cultures, that's this is why black women, because I had this conversation with somebody else, this is why black women are at the bottom of the totem pole <laughs> as far as desirability and all these other things for men everywhere is because the discarded women of every culture, whether they're too dark, because it's, you know what I'm saying, colorism is in every culture. So the two dark Asians and the two dark Hispanics and, you know, whatever, all this shit like that, they all can date who? White men, black men, all of this shit like that. But black women are discarded nowhere. No one wants us. We are at the bottom of the totem pole. So it's no one to decide to find beauty in us or find us exotic. So, yes, it's, I understand what, why she said what she said. Because that is her reality. Right. Black men have been like, oh, wow, fuck these black bitches and their kinky hair. I'm going to get me this curvy, spicy Latina and speak Spanish and call me poppy ass bitch. That's what they want because that's exotic and that's better than being with someone black to them. Clearly. The issue of what she said is that because it seemed like she was mocking black women because she's like, oh, you know, sisters are going to be like, like in the ghetto thing, which is where I feel like the added part of her saying that black women had attitude problems came from is because she kind of mocked black women and she gave like kind of like a voice of like somebody being snappy and having an attitude, which is why I feel like I don't think she actually directly said those words. I listened to the whole interview, but I think her kind of mocking black women is what people are offended by. Cause I don't think it was anything wrong in her statement. I think it's true. We all know that black men don't fucking value black women. I've been saying it on this show forever. And that's crazy because Latin women are notoriously known for having, but it's okay when they do it. It's spicy. It's ghetto and ratchet. And we have attitude problems when black women do it. That is a difference. And I had a conversation with somebody cause I had commented um, on this, Topic still in the comment section, bro. Yeah, but we actually we actually had a good dialect. I had a good dialogue. I had a talked with this guy because it was a um when Meek Mill was saying he don't like black women, fear, 
we we are not surprised by a black man of wealth denouncing black women. It happens every day. It, shit, the poor niggas do it. So <laughs> the fuck. So no surprise there. You know what I'm saying? That's when I ended my lust over Meek and everything like that. I still love his music, but he ain't checking for me. I ain't checking for him. But so when he was saying, you know what I'm saying? He has like, he's dating like some Hispanic or Mexican, whatever girl, whatever, somebody, you know, spicy. And Stop saying spicy. he was saying that, you know what I'm saying? Cause he said in his song that he didn't like black women. You know what I'm saying? Whatever that he, you know what I'm saying? Hate made, you know, whatever the judge made him hate black women or whatever. whatever. Cool. Mexican food. I get you. All I'm saying is that Spanish rice. I don't know. What? Stuffed peppers. Listen. So it was, people were commenting (laughs) on it like, oh, she's pretty. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. Wish she would have dated. No, wish she was black. Wish she was black. And I had commented, very simple. I wasn't arguing about anybody. I was like, because uh, it was a couple guys that was like, how is this any different than y'all being happy that Cassie got her a white man? First of all, I don't know what race Cassie is, to be completely honest with you. Is she even black? I don't know what she is. I don't think she's black. I don't know what the fuck she is, though. But I don't know if she's black at all. I don't know. I don't even think she is. But for the Serena Williams and the... Uh, the, the girl from um, The Real that's dating a white guy, whatever. Somebody was like, oh, but y'all don't be mad when black women date white men. It's different. Cute outrage. Oh my God, Casey, how is it different? Nah, no, I'm melting. It's different because <laughs> it's not the same. We are, like I said, at the bottom of the totem pole. Me, we are grouped at the bottom also with Asian men. Also, no one wants them. The point of the matter is... We're not sitting here like, oh my God, fuck black men. I hate these Negras. Like, I just need my white king to save me. Like, <laughs> no one is saying any. See, I had a point these, to argue until you got to that. <laughs> any of these fucking things. <laughs> It's like, yeah, nobody's talking about white kings. No, I, I agree with that. No one's saying that. I agree with that. No no one's saying that. But, but sidebar, they love saying they're white queens, but whatever. Or queen queens, whatever the fuck they want to call them. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to find a conversation. Oh, found it. The guy, This guy had commented. He was like, well, how was it different? And so I said, black men, black women, sorry are rarely presented as a viable love interest for anybody. Statistically, black women are the least desirable of all by all races. Um, I also said that black men and black women both hold that statistic. Black women are also the least likely to date outside of their race because of the backlash they receive and are innate, are in our innate desire and feeling a responsibility to maintain black families. We only, we're the only ones that feel like that. Obviously. Right. Black men, some of them, on the other hand, pedestal women of other races, seeing black women as representatives of struggle and the others of, of representatives of success. These in turn form the bias because it's like, wow, you know, when we see other black women with men of different races, shit, a man in general, but a man of different races, especially we're like, wow, you found someone that sees value in you. You know what I'm saying? When a black man dates outside of his race, it's like, of course, we saw that coming because no one fucking likes us. 
know what I'm saying? So that's why I think it's different, in my opinion, because we see somebody, we see a woman. I know literally every time I see a woman, a black woman with a white man, or Asian man, whatever kind of different man, I'm like, I always immediately think, how the fuck did they meet? Because I've never been approached by a white man in public, like, ever. And I'm not even the most urban black girl, except right now, with this hair. Mm, yeah, I mean, that, that is kind of surprising, because you, typically you would seem like the type. I mean, yeah, even my dad be... was like, I thought you were married, like, white. Like, my dad told me, my very black father <laughs> told me that. <laughs> But anyway, so I'm like, when women make comments like, I wish he would have dated a black woman, it's because we aren't seen as viable options in most cases, and we would love for our own to deem us worthy. That's <sighs> my position and why I think it's different. But anyways, I know that was a sidetrack from everything else we're talking about, but I'm just saying as far as like the whole, yeah. I just think it's different for those reasons. Yeah, I my main thing is to, <clears throat> and I don't want to make it like this new year, new, you know, new shit. Bullshit, but um, yeah. Instead of complaining about the narrative, work to change the narrative. And in order for that to happen, we have to get out of this mind word fucking mentality and shit that everything besides us is better. Like we are the standard, and we need to understand that we are the standard and work from there. We got to work together. Tell that to your brother. No, that's what I'm saying. Like we have to work towards you know appreciating our own selves before we start bigging up somebody else. And if we can do that, then we'll, we'll be all right. It's so much victim blaming. I, I, I swear, like, I don't know what be taking place. And yes, I know that was improper structure. I don't know what the fuck is taking place where people don't acknowledge, black men specifically, the plight and the struggle of being a black woman. Like, I know we, we talk about the struggle of being a black man all the fucking time. I get it. I fucking get it. Yes. I fucking completely understand. But y'all have black women <laughs> to fall back on. When it comes to our struggle, we have no one. Because y'all don't give a fuck. We are on the front lines with y'all. And y'all somewhere with Becky when it comes to our fight. Every fucking time. we It's like, literally, it's the simplest shit. Where's the conversation of like, oh, black women want some mint. Black women are angry. Black women are this. Black women are that. They are loud. They are argumentative. They are disrespectful. Like, we don't marry black women because they won't submit. Oh, my gosh, why do you wear weave? Oh, my gosh, why do you wear makeup? We have no support from no from no position. Oh my God, baby mamas and y'all don't require men to marry you. You got baby mamas. Stop fucking bitches. Like, it's like, <laughs> men are like, oh my God, they can't never look inside themselves and be like, you know what? I'm actually the fucking problem here. They are literally always like, well, women never take accountability for anything. When are we going to start talking about black women? We are literally always faulting black women for every fucking thing. We are, we have been holding the black community on our shoulders and on our backs forever. No one is supporting us. Ever. 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 Okay. And I, and I said, and I also made this point because I said it on Twitter. I was like, the funny thing, this is how you know no one gives a fuck about black women. 
The people that you have that encourage us, the Ace Metaphors, the Derek Jacks, it's a couple other guys on Instagram and social media that sit there and they they have these conversations and they speak positive talking to black women and who sit there and drag them and post negative comments on their shit all the time? Black men. Well, why don't we hold them accountable for this? Why don't we do this? Why so people trying to encourage black women to be strong, not put, not put up with your bullshit, not let you walk all over them, beat them, misuse them, treat them, use them, all of this shit like that. They're doing something wrong because you don't want good shit speak, speaking or told to us. Like, I'm trying to understand that. Like, that's how alone we are. Because black men literally hate these niggas. Like, I see it all time on social media. Like, oh my God, Derek Jackson, this nigga. Oh my God, my girl watching these videos. Like, because you don't want her what to have what self-confidence. Like, and it's always black men. Because what are they doing trying to empower black women? And we don't want that. It's literally like, you either have men are like, oh my God, these bitches, all they want money, they want gold diggers because she wants you to pay for the first day. You don't have no gold to dig, boo. But then it's like, oh, she's too independent. Oh, my gosh, she, 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 she don't need no nigga. We literally in a position where we can't win. Do people not see that? They, you're literally going to be shamed no matter what the fuck is going on. I'm confused. I'm perturbed. Like, what the fuck? Make it make sense. Sorry. 2019 KT, KT Grant. <laughs> I just, I was just, it was, I was letting it sizzle in my spirit. Because I'm just like, it was just bothering the fuck out of me. Like, what? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's something. Like I said, we just have to figure out how we can work together to make things better as far as our relationship between black men and black women. And, you know, just figure out what's the best method going forward. Like, it's a lot of bullshit. I understand coming from our side. Um, I know a lot of us feel like it's a lot of bullshit coming from y'all side, like, but just figure out what the fuck is going on and stop, you know, big up your own people before you big up somebody else. That's the main thing going forward. Just big, just big people up. <sighs> so you got another rant. Um, ready? <laughs> what? You ready? So what we will talk about lastly the sickest inside us. Um, over the break. And hindsight is so 2020. <laughs> because I really wanted to delete our last episode. I didn't want to. Okay. <clears throat> we'll take it back. Okay. So when we were coming up with the concept for our last episode, when a woman was fed up about, um, based off of the Cardi B offset shit where she said she was done and whatever, you know, we always like to tie our episodes in with songs because when we, you know, when people see what the title is, you go to that song that gives you a general consensus of what the episode is about. That's how we do things. So we had, Three songs in mind for that. It was When a Woman's Fed Up, uh, Be Careful by Sparkle, and also Be Careful by Cardi B. We went with When a Woman's Fed Up by R. Kelly, forgetting <clears throat> that the Surviving R. Kelly documentary was coming out while we were going to be away. So, I don't know if you watch all six parts. But 
I watched all like six parts of the Surviving R. Kelly doc, and let me say something. I did not fuck with Robert beforehand. Casey can attest to that. I don't fuck with him. Don't listen to him. None of that shit. I really don't. F- now I don't fuck with people who fuck with him. Like that's that's how much it's changed. Not even you know we knew a little bit of what was going on in the past, but they went in depth in the docu series about the whole Aaliyah situation, how that played out, how fucked up that was. Um, you know, met, dressing up and matching Mickey Mouse outfits and shit like that. You know, just the um, <clears throat> the uh, you know the the songs that he wrote for other artists and also Aaliyah, like how everything was kind of in plain sight. The "You Are Not Alone" being about the seventeen-year-old that uh, he got pregnant, had a miscarriage. Like he gave that to Michael Jackson, the voice of you know our childhoods. And ruin that song for fucking ever for everybody. Um, and into the modern times of him continuing to be this very monster-like predator. And keeping, I can't even say against their will, even though it is. But mind-fucking women into um, being held captive as pretty much sex slaves. So, um, first and foremost, shout out to Dream Hampton, Detroit's own Dream Hampton, for doing the documentary series, um, and kind of giving us a sense, a more in-depth look at what's been on our face for the last 25 to 30 years, and, you know, it was a lot of commentary, and, you know, I commented, I live-tweeted, it wasn't you know, I hate when niggas like look for jokes and everything. Like that wasn't no shit to joke about, especially as a black man. Like that's some shit that you have to be sensitive about because there's black women going through these experiences, and it's a lot of you know what I'm saying. It's a lot of trauma. This is a traumatized person who has turned his trauma into anger and revenge, and started, you know being traumatic to other people for the last 30 years because of what he went through. Like, that's mental health shit that shouldn't be played with to begin with. And I just don't get how, like, it made me sick. A lot of the commentary, like, kind of made me sick. A lot of the, oh, yeah, well, whatever, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm still about to do, you know, I'm still about to play 12 play. Like, I'm not canceling R. Kelly's music. You know, he a fucked up individual. Like, but, we had this episode a while back called Idols Become Rivals in which we touched on it. Like at a certain point, you have to put two and two together. I can't say, oh, I don't like you as a person, but I'm still going to fuck with your music. If your actions are directly tied to your music, uh, you have to put both of them together. So if 12 play is, you know, maybe written about a fucking 12 year old girl. Like, you kind of have to acknowledge that. I don't give a fuck how good it sounds melodically. That shit, you have to take that into account. 
So I I didn't like a lot of the narrative from my peers of, oh yeah it's okay it happens every day and shit like that like you we have to stop victim blaming like it was a lot of people again how we don't protect black women black it was girls. a lot of people who fucked up it was a lot of adults who fucked up during that whole docu series you had people who openly knew what was going on. And didn't say anything. They didn't acknowledge it. They kind of shied, you know, shied away from it. Like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fucked up. But I'm going to keep, you know, keep collecting collecting this check. You had parents who, for whatever reason, felt like this nigga could bring their kids to stardom. Even though he was at his lowest point in his fucking career. Like, I don't think R. Kelly is, you know, really bringing out you know the masses as you know as much as he did before like so i i really didn't understand how in 2008 when he was doing absolutely fucking nothing you felt like sending your underage daughter away with r kelly was a a positive decision to make as a parent you know it was a lot of people who let these young girls down and it just kind of it was like a reality check. Like, this shit is going on every day. It's going on right in front of our eyes. And we're cool with it because um, I think Sparkle was saying, like, okay, yeah, I knew about it, but it, you know, it wasn't going on around me. Or I didn't feel like, you know, she, her uh, niece was the 14-year-old who was in the the actual movie. And... That's when she got upset. When they actually hit home, that's when she got upset. So instead of, you know, acknowledging it and taking a stance then, it didn't hit her until it actually happened to her. And then she was mad and disappointed and hurt and wanted to kill this nigga and shit. After it actually happened to her, even though she saw all this shit happening to begin with. So that's just my brief summary of it is, like, stop supporting this nigga. Like, it's not cool. Like... I'm glad he's being, you know, he's under investigation in Georgia and in Chicago uh, and Illinois. Hopefully he's indicted soon. Hopefully he gets his day in, well, not his day in court. Hopefully he gets convicted of what he's doing. Um, and, yeah, that's that's about it, man. Like, it's not, it wasn't a time for jokes. Like, it's not, it's not funny. Like, it's a real serious situation that we need to address because it's happening in our communities on a day-to-day basis. Like, sex trafficking is real. Like, people are coming up missing. Mainly young black girls are coming up missing every day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, did you have anything to say about that or no, Casey? Um, I was, I would add this um, because I'm human. I would say this about the Hollis situation. I already knew R. Kelly was trifling just like everybody else. Um, I'm not shocked by the outrage too much just because like it being like knowing having it like being it being a feeling and everything is completely different than the reality and seeing it in that way like that docuseries yeah. i can honestly say that i did not watch it i want to hear what i don't like watching too much of fuck the bad shit i'm the type of person i don't watch the news i'm the type of person like I, like I know the world is fucked up i don't need to see it like, I know R. Kelly is nasty and fucking gross and a very sick individual. I don't need to see the docu series to confirm it. 
I don't want to see hurt and pain from young one, young women and their recollection of a very traumatic event that happened in their past. I personally don't have the stomach for it. That's just me. As someone who's been in fucked up situations in my past and in my lifetime, I just don't have it in me. And I don't want to see it. Um, so I had no desire to watch that particular docuseries about it. Um, I already know he's fucked up. So with all that being said, I did definitely um, clean house on my social media from people who were like defending it or anything like that. Um, actually, me and <laughs> Hendrix actually got into a little spat because of a video he sent me that I really was like extremely bothered by. Um, because I've seen that accusation and that position from a lot of different people on social media, both male and female. Actually, a conversation I had with some one of my close friends, I'll say, because I don't want to put her business out there, about it as well. And it's a, you don't know any better. It was a video that Hendrix had sent me, and a guy was like, well, you women who were underage teenagers and young women um, that was 15, 16 in high school dating older guys. Like, y'all was enablers to pedophilia. And y'all can't say anything about R. Kelly. This is what the guy in the video said. And I was completely... Thank you for clearing that up. Uh, <laughs> what? No, because hearing it, it was like, oh. Like, wait, say that wasn't me that said that. <laughs> I didn't say that. No, yeah. <laughs> That's what the guy in the video said. And so, as someone who was molested when I was younger, I was extremely offended by this because you, it's victim blaming. And that's the first thing I said. Like, I didn't even use a whole sentence. I literally was like, victim blaming. Like, that's exactly what I responded to. <laughs> like, what? Because, it's like, you're literally saying it's responsible of these children. Because, yes, especially now at almost 30, I can, even though you don't feel like it at 15, 16, 14, you don't feel like a child. Because I didn't grow, I wasn't 18 when I graduated. I was only 17. So I, I did not, I was never legal until I got to college. So I literally, like, didn't know any better. Like, you don't know any better. It took me, because I date, like, I never hooked up or had sex. I wasn't extremely active in high, in, uh, high school. But I didn't hook up with the guy, but I was 20, no, he was 23, sorry. I was 16, the guy was 23, right? And we were, I don't even know if you can count it as dating, we like talked on the phone. Um, He came and got me one day from school and I skipped and we like went to the mall. Like, <laughs> it was very adolescent ass relationship but I'm 16 so I'm like oh it's cool he has a car and everything like that but it took me to get older and realize the psyche behind that shit and it's like he's dating my 16 year old ass because his 23 year old ass live in his parents basement works at Taco Bell and has no goals dreams or aspirations so no he can't date some woman that's 23 and 22 he needs to date me it took that it's I didn't feel that way until I was older, but it also was not my job to. It's a grown ass man's job to be like, why am I preying on this 16 year old? Yeah. It's not my job as the child to be like, why is this 23 year old interested in me? Like, I can see that. I saw that as I got older. Like, it was clearly something fucked up with him where he had to date me and not somebody his age. Yeah. 
it's not my job. Just like it was no other women's job to do that. Young girl's job to do that and analyze that situation. So no, we were not enabling and we were victims. Yeah. I mean, my point that, uh, I wasn't able to really articulate that well, um, was just like I was saying, like the fact that everybody failed these girls. So even in that high school situation, we were failing you. We were failing other girls in your situation because as a guy, like you were saying, like, you know, I'm a what a junior in high school. So the woman that I admire is dating this 23-year-old nigga that's picking her up from school in a car and shit. I'm getting on the bus to go home. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm hating, not realizing that it's a fucked up situation that's going on. You know what I'm saying? Your friends are bigging you up because you got the 23-year-old, not realizing it's a fucked up situation going on. Like, nobody's acknowledging Yeah, I mean, that wasn't fact. my experience. Yeah, but... you know what I'm saying? Nobody's acknowledging the fact that this shit is not supposed to happen. And we saw it so much. Like, in the docu-series, they said that this nigga used to just go. And it was well acknowledged. This nigga, he was like 22. He used to go and park his night car in front of the high schools with the music blast. Yeah, because it's like, it's like literally like putting a, like, that is no different. Like, because you think about it, like, think about like toys, right? It's the same thing where they're like, oh, you know, if you're a little, like, even if you have small children and you go to them with something they like, like you have candy and ice cream, you're like, hey, kids. I have candy and ice cream. Come with me. That is just as alluring, you know what I'm saying, as you with money and a car or something like that because that's not what you, you know what I'm saying? Your parents is not giving you the candy and the ice cream and all these sweets throughout the day. So, but the creepy, well, they might, might not be creepy, but the person is like offering you the shit. you like, oh shit, I don't get that any other time. So no, the high school boys don't have jobs and nice cars or cars at all or anything like that to be like, you know what I'm saying? They in school when you in school. So they can't be like, oh yeah, hop in my car, let's get, you know what I'm saying? So it's those little things. It's not right, but it's like, you don't know any better. It's kind of like you are so impressionable when you're when you're young and you're kids. Think about all the stuff that happens. Like, oh, the ES, I don't know, not my high school is particular, but I know other situations where it's like, it's some people that have things with drugs, sex, all these other temp- temptations and stuff when they're in school, high school age, especially in more suburban communities, it's worse right. than the shit that goes on. Ironically, the stuff that goes on in black schools. It's way different, but it's like for I, when I went to college, I really didn't even start drinking until my freshman year in college. But you know, there's people when I met when I went to school that was already had to go home every weekend and drop. The first time I ever smoked weed, I was twenty already. Like I was older, so it's like the issue that they had they're popping pills and doing drugs in fucking high school. So it's like it's all kind of temptation, and you're impressionable, and you're young. You have to decide what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. So it's that temptation stuff is already there. You are still learning. Your brain is still developing. You're still knowing what, like, processing. So it's definitely not your responsibility as a child to realize this grown-ass man is preying on you. That's his responsibility. It's not your responsibility. It's the same thing. I mean, it goes both ways. I think the reason why men, in a lot of ways, can't understand it, because it's a lot of men. 
that lost their virginity to older women. But they're not because men are seen as these sexual beings or, you know, they care about, they want to have sex or they want to, you know, lose their virginity because it's like, for them, it's more of a, a um, societal thing where like, you know, you know, a man supposed to be experienced and shit like that. It was a J. Cole song. He was lying about having sex before. Like that's common for men and boys rather. But for women, it's like our virginity and stuff is sacred. Like I, I mean, I was having a conversation with my sister the other day about how I wish I would have waited to marriage and never had sex. You know what I'm saying? But our shit is sacred. For men, it's like, nigga, I'm trying to get rid of this shit as soon as possible. So when they 18, 16, 17-year-old babysitter is touching them and shit, they're not going to be like, rape, rape, or even have these fucked up ass feelings about it because they see like, oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I was fucking this college girl. Look, as a 12-year-old boy who lost his virginity to a 16-year-old woman, well, young lady, whatever, um, yeah, I went through that trauma. I'm still going through that trauma. That's the way, you know, that's why I am the way I am in certain situations and, you know, certain feelings, I have certain feelings and shit. And yeah, it wasn't this badge of honor, but you had to play like it was because that's what men do. Men are supposed to, oh yeah, you know, I, I fucked a 16 year ago. I didn't fuck her. She fucked me. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. No idea. No earthly idea. Didn't want to do it. I wanted to play basketball with her little brother who was my age. And she was horny. So shit happened. And yeah, like I couldn't say, oh, yeah, that didn't make me feel good. I didn't feel good. That wasn't pleasurable. Like, no. Do boys even got through puberty yet at all? I mean, I mean, everybody depends. But I mean, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Didn't none of that. So, yeah, it was it was an experience. I couldn't, you know, speak on that as I wanted to. And even when I did get a little bit older and actually speak on it, it was perceived that, oh, okay, yeah, oh, you you know, you're a little nasty nigga and shit like that. Like, oh, okay, I see you, a little nasty nigga. You got your shit off. You, uh, yeah, it wasn't that. And the same shit applies to women, like, Anytime somebody takes advantage of somebody, it's a bad situation. You know what I'm saying? And I think us as black men, we have to start addressing that. And, you know what I'm saying, being able to be vulnerable about that. Like, yeah, some shit happened when we were younger that fucked us up. That's why we're perceived as sexual deviants and shit like that. Because we were over-sexualized at a very young age. And that fucks with your psyche. Sometimes that determines your future. That's all you know. That's all you can, you know what I'm saying? You have traumas that you're not addressing, and that's holding you back in other areas of life. So, yeah, overall, with the R. Kelly shit, like, people just need to start talking, but more importantly, people need to start listening because I don't believe, and I I might be wrong because I don't have them, but I don't believe kids lie, like, just for no reason. Nobody's going to say, you know, Uncle Johnny, touch me here but oh no he didn't no i'm pretty sure if baby girl said uncle johnny touched her uncle johnny touched her so yeah start listening stop being so dismissive and it goes further to what i was you know my overall outlook is like communicate had an open line of communication all that oh a child's supposed to be in a child's place and you don't you know what i'm saying you don't talk when grown-ups is talking and shit if, if baby girl got something to tell you or 
you know, little man got something to tell you about some shit that's going on or some shit that he feel afraid about or, you know, just listen to your kids. For sure. I can say that I get very uncomfortable because I think it's, I don't know if it's easier for me. I think it is. It's, it's easier for men to have some very, very, very fucked up opinions about stuff. Um, maybe because they don't have experience with it or they don't know how to sympathize or empathize. Maybe because they're raised to be hard. I don't know what it is. Because I was talking to one of my closer friends and he has a very problematic opinion about most shit. And we were talking about the R. Kelly shit. And he was just saying, like, I don't understand why everybody is this, this, that, and And he was like, and it's just like with this Me Too movement and everybody is like, he's looking at the glass half empty, I would say. The reason I say that is because from his perspective, he's like, what is this 20, 30 years later shit? Like, if this was real, you would go to the cops, you know, you know, same thing with the Cosby shit. It's 20, 30 years. Like, how y'all gonna say somebody raped you? Then I'm like, well, I didn't say this because at at a certain point... I mean, on this show, I'm very vocal and outspoken, and I'm like that most of the time in real life, but it really gets exhausting. Like, fighting an unwinnable battle alone, which is what I fight on a very regular basis for women and a plethora of other things, it's exhausting. Personally, it really is exhausting. So, the whole time, I just let him talk because I just didn't have the energy to go to get into it with him at that point. I just didn't even, I just didn't feel like it and he was just like you know i'm like well what about harvey weinstein well i mean he wasn't even saying that he was just saying like he just felt like this a lot of people a lot of people were saying that a lot of men bring this is a ploy to bring down black men and i'm like but these are black women saying this like okay with the will cosby thing even though that nigga deserved to do be where the fuck he at right now it was literally they, you know what I'm saying? Okay. It was white women. But these are young black girls talking about R. Kelly. So what is the excuse now? We're trying to bring down a black man? Like, what? But anyways, yeah, like, at the end of the day, we don't protect our young black girls. We don't stand by them. We don't stand by young black girls because we don't care about black women. What do we care about what you matriculate to become or who you were when you were younger? We don't give a fuck about you when you grow. We don't give a fuck about you when you're young flat the fuck out nobody ever did and if that was the case black men wouldn't treat black women so badly if we cared how the fuck they turned out but that none of that all of that stuff is directly correlated we don't value them back to what i was saying earlier so at the end of the fucking day he's like oh we just want to bring the black man down and i'm like what as a black man fuck that black man i'm just saying that narrative is so tired it's extremely overused and overworked. And it's just like black women for so long have been trying to uplift and we've supported black men no matter what, no matter how much they shit on us, mistreat us, beat us, cheat on us, abandon us. We are still right there fighting a good motherfucking fight. But I'm not going to get back into that. I'm just saying at the end of the day, this narrative is that, you know, all these people and their trauma it's being swept under the rug because all of this is deployed to destroy another successful black man. This is the narrative that he is pushing out. And I was increasingly frustrated because he's like, oh, why wouldn't you know what I'm saying? Someone who's actually 
going through some shit would tell somebody that is extremely untrue. Yeah, it's a I've shit extremely vividly, extremely was the wrong word, but I vividly remember my experience being molested when I was younger. I was about five or six. I remember it like with sight. I can see it. I can remember every bit of it. I was five or six years old. But I also have never told any of my parents, my dad or my mom. Never. Because first of all, I was too young to really understand what was going on. And as I just got older, I didn't have enough details. Because I can't remember my cousin's name. They did it. Because I was five or six. Hey, also, on that note, all that little play cousin shit and play uncle and all that shit, cut that shit up. Because that's how a lot of that bullshit happened. Stop it. Stop leaving your boyfriends and your girlfriends around your fucking kids and shit like that. Like, don't do that. But, yeah. So, that whole nigga, kill the noise in the narrative of like, oh, you're going to tell somebody or da-da-da-da-da, why would you? I've never told neither of my parents. I didn't really real. I took, but that's another situation where I had to get older. I was like, this is not right. But when you're young and you're that young. My cousin was about 16. When you're that young, everybody tall looks like an adult. And for the way I was raised, you know what I'm saying? Like, adult not going to tell me nothing wrong, right? Right. So, in reality, both of y'all were kids, but he definitely had more of an influence. Yeah, he was like 16 or 17. I was like five, I was like five or six. Yeah. So, it was just like literally having no fucking idea i mean he was still a child but at 16 or 17 you know what the fuck you're doing i was five or six and like i said at this point i'm thinking he's an adult you know what i'm saying so i'm like well he told me to do it i'm doing what he told me to so at the time i didn't think i had anything to tell my parents you get what i'm saying because i'm doing what i'm told you know what i'm saying so it's just like it's so much shit that goes into that so that whole that whole thing just really bothered the fuck out of me because i told him that and I, i can't remember what he said but I had told him, I was like, yeah, I was like, well, I didn't tell my parents. I still had never said anything to my parents. I don't even, even as close as I am to my dad and at damn near 30 years old, I'm not ready to have that conversation with him. He would, I feel like, blame himself. Yeah. And I don't want him to feel like that. Because it's not his fault, obviously. So. Yeah. But as far as the whole R. Kelly thing goes, like I said, he's been a monster. Um, I will say what I was tripped out about was one Seeing that Aaliyah chain and realizing that was him from his, what is it, 12 play cover? Realizing that and then him in the back like a creeper on her one in a million album cover. I did not notice either of those when I was younger. (laughs) Creepy as fuck. Like that's some real creep shit. I will say this, like I know we talk, we touch on this a lot on our show as far as like, when I will say when and if it is possible to separate the artist from the artistry, I think that that I don't know that line gets incredibly blurred in every situation, and it's really hard. No, it's crystal clear right here, money. And no, and that's fair that you feel like that. I will say this: I have like two. I, I'm not a super huge R. Kelly fan. I have about three or four hit songs. Well, not even that I have. I, it's like about three or four hit songs that I really enjoy. Um, 
I think I have two on my in my playlist right now, but I have over 3,000 songs, and I can personally say y'all can stone me, but I have not went and searched through my shit and deleted them. I haven't listened to them, but I also haven't, like, overhauled my playlist yet. I just, it's just not nothing that I've thought about doing thus far. Like, I don't listen to them on a regular basis. There's, like, songs in my playlist. I have, like, 4,000 songs. It's like, I'm like, oh, let me. I just, I just haven't thought to do it yet. I understand. Look, I'm not crucifying somebody for listening to R. Kelly. Just don't listen to it around me. <laughs> and you can tie that. It's okay. That's just my opinion. That's all right. People judge me for shit I do all the time, so it's okay. I mean, yeah, because people are saying that, like, oh, I was watching the Cosby Show, and I've never watched a Cosby Show, so that's that's one thing I didn't have to deal with. Like, I, it's just that's what I'm saying. I don't have to remove him from my playlist because he never was never on my fucking playlist. So, like, I'm trying to even think what song. I think I have Imagine That. No, I don't have Imagine That. I have Elsewhere. I think I have I'll Never Leave, and I think that's it. But I don't even know if the, I might honestly be lying now that I think about it because I don't even know. If those are on there. One, well, I guess we can end on a funny note. It was just, uh, I was listening to Joe Budden yesterday. and You know, he was talking about he has two hits out of his whole career. He has two, like, shit, you know, two songs that actually played on the radio for real, for real. And now he actually can't play one of them because it was executive produced by R. Kelly. Which one? What what song was it? uh, Clevin with Marcus Houston. Oh, up in the club. Yeah, he was oh. like, I he was like, I can't even play my shit no more. My nigga, I forgot about damn. Like, <laughs> I want to add it though. He's like, I can't even play my shit no more because of this nigga. Like, so yeah, he, he's affected a lot of lives with his bullshit. So. I forgot all about that song. Sorry, y'all gonna have to shoot me because I'm about to add that to my playlist. <laughs> I forgot all about that fucking song. So yeah, that's it for like six at world. <laughs> This week, yeah, yeah. Um, of course, even though we've been gone for a while, we still don't have emails. So, if you want to send us an email, because we read all emails, because you know we don't have any, and it feels space. Yeah, and we're not honestly, we're not begging in 2019. So, fuck y'all, <laughs> flat out. I don't care. But if you want to email us, you can do so at as2ampodcast.gmail.com. That is the number two. Send any questions, comments, or concerns you may have. Oh, see. <sighs> Satisfy you is a hard one to let go. Uh, ooh. Uh, did you see the uh, Diddy Flavor Camp video? Um, yeah, that was a little... That was a little problematic too, but I had to go get it, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of bad. Um, we don't have any questions to ask each other as well because yeah, it's been kind of a nice break. You know, we have, Damn. To, we have to learn each other. Again. I know you're going through the typical persons, you know, Realization that R. Kelly had his hand in a lot of shit. But it's some of these songs like he was like producer. He not on. Y'all got me fucked up, bro. Like I can't listen to Fiesta anymore. Dirty Laundry. You changed. R. Kelly Rowland. Kelly Rowland. Number one. Kelly Rowland. He must have produced that whole album. Without me. With Fantasia. He not on that song. 
Next to you, Sierra. Y'all got me fucked up. Juicy booty. I can let that go. Boo thing. Oh, you know what? Maybe they just coming up because Kelly's name isn't it. Did you put R. Kelly? Yeah, I put R. Kelly, but Kelly Rowland name is coming up. Did you go to the artist, R. Kelly? I, I'm searching my playlist to see what I actually have on my phone. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you, you're going to. Too much. Yeah. So it's just because that must just be Kelly Rowland coming up and not R. Kelly. Because I'm like, he couldn't have did his all this shit. Okay, so I was right. I only have I'll Never Leave and Elsewhere and Juicy Booty. But the, his only two songs is the ones I said, I'll Never Leave and Elsewhere. <laughs> I don't even remember last time I listened to either one of them. Except when I sung Elsewhere to know a couple, uh, like three or four weeks ago. The last time we recorded. When we wish when I was, when I did that concert. I blocked that from my memory. I have no idea. Not, Man, somebody FaceTime me and I have no idea who this is. <laughs> not to say. I hate that niggas. Um, Damn, I don't know who this is, though. So, do you hmm. feel like having a discussion or do you feel like arguing? Let's argue. So. So. This week. And since it's our first episode of the new year, we're kind of just going to discuss, like, new year, new me. No, I'm just talking. Just playing. Jesus Christ. What we're going to discuss is just, like, personal growth. Like, what have we learned over the course of this year? What changes are we making? What are we doing differently? Like, what do we want to accomplish in a new year? You know what I'm saying? How was our... How What are we reflecting on 2018? What are we... Okay. How was that? Let's do that. We're going to reflect. This is the time for reflection. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Hendrix, reflect, nigga. Um, I know going into 2018, <laughs> I said that I was going to be a little bit more selfish and, you know, think a little bit more about me and what made me happy and blah, blah, blah. I didn't do that. So, um, <laughs> so you lied. No, I, I mean, I, I made more of an effort, but I didn't go down that road that much, that deep at all. So, um, this year is going to be a continuation of that, you know. Um, you know, a lot of times in, you know, our day-to-day life, we tend to be people pleasers, whether it's at the workplace, whether it's with our families, our relationships and shit like that, like... You know, I know they say, you know, you got 24 hours in a day, make the best of it. When you have, like, depression and anxiety, like, you really don't have that much time because you're fighting shit all day. So, you know, just I just want to take out time for me and to do my own meditation and reflections on a daily basis, you know, to kind of continue my spiritual growth. Also, um, you know, getting more into my health and wellness. Um, I'm getting more into my... I guess I can say my beauty and shit. Like, you know, I'm trying to not look my age anymore. I had a little setback last year. I started to look my age a lot, you know. So I'm looking forward to a less stressful year. I'm also trying to branch out and expand, you know, what we're doing here on a weekly basis. I feel like, you know, it's been two years. So we built you know, our foundation and, you know, it's time to branch out a little bit. It's time to, you know, explore our avenues a little bit more, add some new things, new twists and stuff like that into what's going on here. And I'm trying to focus on that professionally. Um, 
I think 2019, I'm going to try my hardest not to get fired. Um, <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, you know, I've been at my job coming up on four years, and a lot of things have changed around me, and that can be a little bit scary because you kind of feel like, okay, am I, like, wasting myself here? Like, okay, I know it's a decent job. The pay is good and shit like that, but you get to that point where you feel like you can do a little bit more. And I think I'm at that point where I can feel like I can do a little bit more. So I have to work, you know, on building some of my skills, you know, get some more certifications so I can get some more money. But more importantly than all of that, I have to not stress as much as I stressed in 2018. Through 2018, I was a fucking mess as far as stress goes. Like, it was a lot of shit that happened in 2018 that I essentially got to a point where I said, fuck it, and just let shit happen because I got tired of stressing about it. But, you know, I'm planning on focusing on, you know, handling tasks, hands, you know, first and foremost. Like, handle shit and then let everything fall into its place and... Just understand and know that everything is going to fall into the place that it's supposed to fall into. You know, regardless of what we actually think, we really don't have control over what goes on in our lives. We might think we have control, but we really don't. Like, our our lives are in the hands of other people on a daily basis. So, you know, just make the most of it. Have fun. Do what you want to do. And just go from there. Like, everything else is just little mini mini games in the game of life. Like, just address it as that. Don't stress that shit. You know, read more, drink water. Have fun. Like, get some sun on you or some shit like that. Like, sunshine on my... I like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, what what are you... What is your reflections and, um, you know... Thoughts going forward into 2019. Like, what well, you trying to do? fuck you niggas. No, I'm just playing. Um, oh, yeah. By the way, the new niggas still haven't came out. So, uh, I think they on back order. So, y'all going to have to wait a little well, bit they longer. they on back order. Like, my Ugg blankets. It's over. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that shit ain't never coming. Uh, I think they're in the same. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I think so. I mean, I will say this. Um, Over this past <laughs> year... I've changed a lot. And the reason I say that, I don't know if it's for the best <laughs> or for the worst. Um, the reason I say that is because I've definitely got a little bit more cynical. I used to always be a very optimistic pessimist. Haha, <laughs> yeah, see what I did there. Um, so you're a contradiction. No. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, I was kind of optimistic. And I think that... This year, well, the past year, rather, was I was definitely very overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed with feeling like I was running out of time. I don't know if anybody else has ever felt like this, but I've definitely been one of these people that I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's my anxiety. I don't know if it's my depression, but I kind of always just had a feeling that I'm not going to live to be old. I don't know if anybody else has ever felt like that. But I don't see myself living long. I know that's probably a little bit morbid for some people, but... I kind of feel the opposite of that. It is what it is. That you're going to live for a long time? No, I know I'm going to live for a long time, but I don't want to. Hmm. Well, I feel like I can't see myself past, like, 
35, right? Oh, Jesus Christ. And so... <laughs> Fuck. And <laughs> yes, I know, a little dark, but <laughs> a couple more years. Um, but it don't, but it don't bother me. Okay, whatever. Sorry, and I'm not going. You gonna... are knocking on death's doorstep, my nigga, in your head. We all gotta go sometimes, right? <laughs> but yeah, I had this overwhelming feeling like I was running out of time. Not um just based off that theory, but just also based off the fact that I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself in the past and my whole life up until this point to accomplish certain things in certain time periods. Um, I dealt and struggled a lot with in the past year, feeling like I wasn't accomplishing things that I set out to accomplish, feeling like I was failing, feeling like I was trying to struggle to find purpose. Um, I will say towards the end of the year and now I am kind of on a journey of self-discovery, but in a different way, kind of just like prioritizing things I didn't even think mattered. Okay. Like, mm, budgeting, <laughs> like finding things that make me happy, like finances and focusing on budgeting makes me happy. I definitely also have found new purpose in like being comfortable, completely bare and free of anything the fuck else. Like I'm definitely, I definitely was one of the people that I felt codependent on my friends, codependent on male energy and stuff like that. And towards the end of the year, I took it upon myself to cleanse myself of things that were not relevant to my life. I stopped having sex. I um, also just stopped dealing and forcing relationships with anybody that did not come natural. Um, so with that being said, I stopped like chilling. I stopped hanging out. I don't have company in my house anymore, really. Um, if I want to hang out, I go out. And if not, I sit in the confines of my own home. Now to somebody that might sound extremely morbid, but I was a introvert, but my, I felt I was codependent on attention and energy for other people. It was a very weird dynamic or whatever. Cause I was like, I like being alone, but I wasn't happy being alone. Yeah. Weird. Right. Okay. Making sure somebody is picking up. Until you hang around with other people. Like why the fuck did I just stay by myself? Right. So now I'm at a point where, and this definitely really helped. I think I was always, I was working towards it, but my break that I've had and I've been off work for about almost a month and I've literally spent so much time alone and I didn't really get to the point where I started feeling lonely and at first I would do that all the time like I would like people I didn't even fucking care about like had any interest in like oh yeah like come hang out or just come chill with me and it's like I'm not in that position or that place anymore where I need attention especially unwanted attention like I used to try to find people to fill the space and time and stuff like that. And it's like, I feel so much more comfortable and so much more my authentic self alone. And I think it puts me in a better position because before I was such a hopeless romantic and I feel like I would meet people and be like, is this my husband or what does this mean? And it's just like that energy is so unnecessary and it's so exhausting because I was putting so much stock in my life. Um, and what it could be instead of enjoying my present time and what it is now. And so now I'm just kind of enjoying my own path and journey. And I think that's kind of been what I've taken from last year is getting more comfortable in my own skin, which if, I mean, 
if I do decide to eventually date again and decide that I am open to that, at least then I know it's for the right reasons. And it's like, I'm comfortable and happy completely independently of anybody else and of anything else. Like I'm just myself. And if I find someone to add to my life, cool. Um, I know I get asked by men a lot now because I'm very forthcoming with the information that I'm not hanging out with you at your home. You cannot come to my home and I am not having sex. I am very honest and upfront. I've seen that in experience that kind of like fruits of my labor in that way of like, I feel good when I like, I went to a party and like this guy that I've been talking to, I don't even want to say we're talking, interacting with, <laughs> we know each other. <laughs> um, he was trying, he was like, oh, like come hang out with me later. And it's like, realistically speaking, I know I ain't fucking. It's three o'clock in the morning. I'm going home. Earlier in the year, I would have went and then been like, I don't have sex. And it's like, that's stupid. You just kind of like put yourself in these positions. Or I would have been like, I don't want to have sex and still end up popping pussy. And it's like, I'm not in that position anymore where I want to feel empty. I used to value sex in a way that I felt like it made me feel good. But the way, first of all, I've come to the conclusion that it's not worth it. The reason I say that is because statistically speaking, women, you're not coming most times. So you're about to go and have sex, feel temporarily fulfilled by literally probably just the literal action of having sex because you're not orgasming or climaxing in any capacity. And then that person's just going to leave or you're going to leave, you know what I'm saying, get hit with the, what you're about to do because it's not your nigga. And you're going to feel shitty and then wake up to do it all again. I decided that that temporary... Feeling like I'm not alone is not worth the overcoming loneliness that literally is going to take place. At the end of the day, this nigga don't give a fuck about me. He's going to leave and continue on with his fucking day. And I'm going to feel like shit. That is the pattern in which I decided to take out of my life. Because it's like, I'm not fulfilled by the sex and I'm not fulfilled by the feeling. Because at the end of the day, I'm still alone. So that's why. That's what made me... Stop having sex. And because I actually have a solid reason, because I've been, I went through long bouts of celibacy on and off throughout my life already. But this time it feels different because I have a reason. It makes complete sense. And that feeling is literally why I have no desire to have sex with anybody. Because it's just like, at the end of the day, for what? All right, quick sidebar. So I have actually been asking uh, a lot of my not even friends or associates, just, you know, females who feel like that. And, you know, the basic, I mean, I guess the basic question is like, who the fuck, like, me, I I don't operate in that way. So, I have to ask, like, what my peers are doing, because I don't know. And the results of that study is very alarming. Like, y'all niggas gotta do better. Like, I don't know what y'all doing or what y'all feel like the purpose of that shit is. Like, what of sex? Yeah, well, because like, they're coming. I I understand that, but you know, my mindset is different. So I don't. Yeah, I don't have no fulfillment in just coming. Like, if I'm doing something with somebody else, that's the thing. Sex begin. That's the thing. Sex is one sided anyway, because like, and most niggas are not thinking about the woman. It begins and ends with y'all. 
You know what I'm saying? Niggas think they're too good for foreplay. Like, that's exactly why I stopped having sex. I am too grown for you to try to fuck me and not kiss me. I am too grown for me to be trying to pee. And I, by the time I come out the bathroom, your pants is already on, your coat already on, shoes already on. Like, I'm too grown for all of that shit. But see, that's the I'm thing. I'm not doing that anymore. That w- But that was my question. I'm like, who the fuck are y'all fucking? Because I don't operate like that. But, and but a lot of me. men do. Like, it's to the point where it's like, I can't. That's the, that's the thing I don't ever understand. Why I have I've been saying that for a minute now. I'm like, why is kissing too much intimacy, but you can put your penis in me? Like it's niggas that will look, fuck you, but think that kissing is too intimate. Well, or man, niggas that you know what I'm saying. Or how a woman giving head is a part of sex, but a guy giving head isn't. It's just so many things that I'm choosing not to deal or settle for anymore. Is what I'm saying. Like look, that's why I stopped having sex after after my little you know my study my case study. I sympathize with her. Like that that's kinda wild what y'all going through. And I'm li- like I'm literally done and I'm cool with being done. Like, I haven't even really been mi- I haven't really been missing it, honestly, because like every time I'll think about it, like, you know, sex would be cool, but it's like I think about the reality of it. We roma- I think women in gen- we romanticize it. Like, oh yeah, it would be good to get some dick. No. No, it's not. I'm not gonna come. Not gonna feel satisfied. I'm be sitting there irritated because niggas don't want to eat coochie. They don't want to kiss you. Niggas they barely want to hug you, but then want to fuck you. Like it's just I don't know, it's too much. My mindset is different. Look, I'm I don't get it. But anyways, even even but I'm just saying even in general, like I haven't like oh I'm swearing off sex till marriage, but I am swearing off sex until I'm in a committed relationship. That is just where I'm at in my life because I am choosing not to feel discarded. I am choosing not to feel used and that dirty used feeling I have every time I have sex. Now, I am not saying this to everybody. I know it's some women out here getting it like niggas. I mean, like niggas are out here racking them up and, you know what I'm saying, and living their best life. And they the one, you know, asking niggas what the fuck they about to do. You know what I'm saying? He eating ass like soup. Whatever the fuck is going on. That's cool. Some people feel... (laughs) I'm saying it is some women that feel sexually liberated. You know what I'm saying? Living their best life. I just don't. Like I said, I feel dirty and used and manipulated and everything like that. I'll give you a perfect example. When I was younger, it was one time, really liked this guy. Clearly, he was not fucking interested in me. But we were, like, messing around or whatever. And we were going to actually, like, have sex. And came over. I gave him head. He came and was pretty much like, well, well, I came and I can't get it back up. So, you know, guess I'm about to go. And guess what the fuck I got? Nothing. That is the gla- that's literally the blueprint tough, of where the fuck I'm at. I am never in my life ever being put in no situations like that ever the fuck again. I'm good. I don't know. I feel I'm so I'm done. I, I mean, I really, I honestly do feel bad for females that have to go through that shit. And, like, it, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm just not going to get myself in trouble, so I'm not going to talk any further. But you know, <laughs> People talk about me enough, so I don't need to talk about what I do and shit like that. So, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, that's crazy. But I'm not doing it, so. Yeah. 
get on somebody a, else. Why are we pleasers? Kindly get the fuck out my inbox because I'm not fucking. So, and I know that's all you want. I don't even want no press pussy though. That's the crazy what shit. What is press pussy? Me pressing you for pussy and you giving it to me. I don't want that. Like see, I want you a, to willingly give me the but vagina. See, it's not even press pussy because the thing in the matter is that women, if they like you, even if they don't want to do it, they'll still do it. I don't want that. But I'm saying it's not like they're not gonna let you know it's press. I've definitely had Fuck me, okay? Some situations where it's like I do not want to do this shit. On your own accord. That's why I'm not doing it no more. On your own accord. I'm done. Do I am out of the casual sex game. I'm out of all of it. I am only minding my own black ass fucking business indefinitely. Until somebody come and literally sweep me off my feet, nigga. I need a whole love story. You know what I'm saying? Love is without the sexual assault shit. You know, the first season. I need all of that. I'm not popping shit, everything on hiatus. Box on hiatus, throat on hiatus, hands on hiatus, everything, hiatus, and definitely all all on hiatus. That's funny. We got that. I'm not selling no more milk, nigga. Pick up the cow. So unless you got the whole thing to pick my big ass up, you can't have nothing. This nigga. Nope. Not doing it. I'm still skinny. I'm, I'm talking about buying the milk in the cow. You know what I'm saying? I know you're still skinny, but, cow. but cows are big. Mm. I'm a I'm a dairy cow. Calf. I'm a dairy cow. <laughs> At the end of the day, oh, also on the alert, I had this conversation with my sister. Medium ugly niggas from here on out. That's all I'm in the business for now. Dog, I'm so glad we back in. Jesus Christ. Well, finally in. Not back in. Finally in. I appreciate it. All right, now. I don't know. Medium ugly niggas. Oh, damn. Hey, y'all. I'm here for (coughs) y'all. Let me tell you the qualifications for medium ugly. You cute only to me. Nobody else wants you. I need you to be just right. My bad. Yes, medium ugly. So what's a, what is my a at me? What is my classification? Yeah, I'm. Please. Oh, I'll have a good day. At him, tell him what his classification is. What is my is. classification? Yeah. I'm taking medium ugly niggas that nobody wants. I'm here for you. And I decided that light skinned niggas don't look good medium ugly. Me and my sister came to this conclusion: you got to be brown or chocolate to be medium ugly. It's a classification because a medium ugly light skinned niggas sound like JJ Fish. That's what I assume. That's what I assume it like. I don't think it's gonna be right. So let's go brown. I mean, I went through the light skinned nigga roller decks. Like, what is a media ugly light skinned nigga? It's about JJ Fish, and that's not that's not even doable. I'm sorry. Like play. What's that? From House Park. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that nigga look like the thing from the Muppets. Is that in pur- on purpose? Okay. Well. Oh Jesus. Um, yeah. So, no. So, in totality, we're still doing the same shit we were doing. <laughs> yes, my growth is like growth that you can't see. No, I'm just playing. But seriously, though. It's daily growth, nigga. I grow every day. I am growing every day. Fuck out of here, nigga. But I, I do feel nigga. like this. I learned a lot. You know what I'm saying? Last year, I might not be able to articulate it in the best way. But I do feel like I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about other people. I definitely learned a lot about what I'm willing to tolerate. 
this is my year of fuck no. Not no, fuck no. And I'm not even gonna say it's my year of no. It's the rest of my fucking life until I, in the next 10 years or however long I live, of fuck the fuck no. No, absolutely fuck not. I'm not doing shit. I don't want to do it. You can't. If I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. I don't have it. I'm not giving it to you. I have it. Actually, fuck that. I do have it. You can't have it. I'm not giving it to you. No, 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 no. I have no soft spots for no more niggas. No. I miss them. They're like, damn, like, you was doing all that? Yes, and I don't do none of that shit no more. I'm actually grown, and I'm choosing not to settle or not to. I'm not earning niggas anymore. This is not The Bachelor. I did not sign up for this shit. So, no, I don't have it. I'm not taking niggas on no more dates. I'm not picking no more niggas up. I don't have no money. I don't have no food. I don't have no pussy. I literally don't have nothing to give you niggas. So take me as I am. Earn the rest or stay away. That's it. That's it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But yes, growth. The year of growth, the year of fucking no. No, no. We practice. Fuck no. Hell no. Fuck you, cunt. No. So, if you guys want to share your stories of growth in the new year, even though we're like almost at February, this month is flying <laughs> by. Um, what New Year's resolutions have you made that you have already abandoned? All of them. Um, yeah. Also, go check out if you want to see our growth. Um, go check out our "We Need a Resolution" episode in our archives <laughs> for how we felt this time last year. Um. Yeah, just talk about growth. If you ever, you know, you ever hear us say something like it's always something that you can listen to beforehand. It will probably kind of contradict. So you can kind of, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. It's nothing politically correct or anything about like we're human. It's a hu- human. What human so being? I'm not human. And we're human as fuck. <laughs> So, like, I always think about that, like, oh, you know what I'm saying? What if we was to, you know, blow up for something and somebody want to go find some old shit I said? I said what I said. Oh, yeah, they're canceling you early. I don't give a fuck because, honestly, at the end of the day, I'm extremely pro every fucking body except for everybody that's hating on something body else. Did y'all get it? No, we didn't. I love everybody as long as they're not trying to shit on everybody else. Like, I don't shit on people, but I shit on people that shit on other people like people that shit on women if you shit on black people if you shit on gay people if you like that's the you know what i'm saying like i shit on the person trying to hold the rest of the people down i got you you know what i'm saying i am the voice to the voiceless Ooh, words okay cm punk Mm. calm down i don't know about that because he he might not have been the best voice for the (laughs) for the voices all right you know what really grinds my gears? So, in the new year, what is grinding your gears so far? Um, hmm, you know, I don't know if I have anything that's grinding my gears yet. Okay. Besides, sorry, no, I'm okay. sorry. I talked about this earlier, so I guess it would just be the continuing lack of support and love for women, African American women to be exact. I feel like dating is grinding my gears because I'm just done. But most importantly, seriously though, seriously this time, life. Life is grinding my gears. No, I'm just playing. Anyways, it's nothing really specific bothering me. 
right. Besides everything. But I do have a good, funny, nice story to end, to add. Okay. It's actually not funny, but it is nice. So I saw my niece or whatever over Christmas break, and I had a really good experience with her, and I want to just say why representation is important. Oh, dear God. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I can only imagine where this is about to go. So I have my um three of my I was three of my nieces or sisters or whatever. Obviously, sorry, Where? but they're all directly related. They have both the same parents. Okay, and so um two of them are like caramel and brown, and one of them is chocolate. And the chocolate one, like it was my her first time really seeing me in a while because she was like way young the last time I saw them, and so she's now like five, and so she had came up to me. And she was just like, oh, you're dark like me. And I'm like, yes, baby, I am. And she hugged me and and she was saying like, you know, like, oh, you're so pretty and like stuff like that. Now, she didn't tell a lie, but most importantly, the problem I'm saying is just the representation. She has, she doesn't, she hasn't been around other chocolate people. And it's like, she can't, after that, she hugged me or whatever and continued to follow me around everywhere. And that's something like representation is important because if you are a young girl, your siblings or especially, you know, colorism is real as fuck. We all know that. And so like your sisters are light. You're going to continuously compare yourself. You're not going to feel beautiful and all this like that. So I feel like it was important for her to see a woman, chocolate, confident, and living in her truth. And I thought that was an important experience. And that's why I say representation is important. That's true. So I'm literally the black sheep of the family. So, yeah, that's true. I just thought that was important and a really good experience for me. I felt purposeful in that moment to be like, yes, bitch, chocolate just in. Not bitch to her, but you know, bitch to y'all niggas. Okay. Anyways, yeah. um, what's grinding your gears? Um, grinding my gears in the new year is being the logical person in an illogical situation. Okay. Um, so much stress and anger happens when you're the voice of reason in a situation where everybody has completely lost their fucking minds. Like, you know what I'm saying? Being the cool, calm, and collected one when everybody else is acting like the world is ending is very, uh, it's very triggering because, you know, people tend to make um, mountains out of anthills. Like, it's, it's not that serious, but people act like it's the end of the world. And then once the situation is solved, you know, you one, you don't get acknowledgement for actually using, you know, common sense and common knowledge to solve a problem. And two, you know, they act like it wasn't that big of a deal. And, you know, afterwards, like, yeah, no, nigga, you were literally just losing your mind 10 minutes ago. So, you know, just being the logical person when everybody else around you is acting like their hair is on fire is grinding my gears in the new year. Oh, I'm sorry. I have something to add. Please go ahead. It's your show. <laughs> I was I witnessed a conversation um, over, I guess, over our break. <laughs> that bothered the hell out of me. And I guess I kind of want to see what you think about it, too. But I was um, in the presence of somebody. Because I ain't, you know what I'm saying? Saying no names. Yeah, you ain't claiming nobody. It's okay, cool. But no, no, fuck that. It's not like that. I was in the presence of somebody, like, uh, and... A grandparent, we'll say. And they were talking to their stepchild about their children. 
or whatever. So the person wanted their children, you know what I'm saying, for Christmas. And um, the grandparent was saying like, oh, you know, well, do you have money? Like, can you, you know what I'm saying, I let them send them down there. Can you take care of them? You can't call us and ask for anything and da-da-da-da. Like, you got... And why this not my, it was a very fair point in a valid position, a valid position of, hey, the conversation was had in front of the children. And it made me extremely uncomfortable. And I feel like if you're on the phone with these kids' father and you're like, I know you want the girls, but um, can you take care of them if they come down here? Like, do you have the funds? Like, we're not going to send you any money. Like, da, 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 da. Like, I mean, they're up here with me. I want to see them. I want to visit with them. Da, 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 da. Like, that's their father. And I just thought like, this is an inappropriate conversation to have with the kids in the car. Um, I've been in many, um, conversations like that. And that is like the number one reason why kids tend to grow up too fast. Yeah, that I, it made me extremely uncomfortable. Like I'm like, I just feel like it's not the time for this. Like, or you need to take the phone off speaker. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where at that at a young age, kids are very impressionable, and they tend to repeat what they hear or also adapt that to their way of thinking. Yeah, and kids are way smarter than we give them credit for. So that can be like an underlying effect throughout the rest of their lives so impressions are very important when it you know has to deal with kids so always be mindful of that like i was stating earlier that the stay in the child's place goes more towards the you know the conversations being had you know not as as much as like you know them telling you shit like okay cool you know listen to them but also be mindful of what you say in front of them. So yeah, no, that's that's not cool at all. But I can't see that. Yeah, you just gotta you just gotta be more protective of children, man. They they see, know, hear, listen to everything. So yeah, that's, their their mind is a sponge and it keeps shit for a long time. That's definitely valid. Oh, I wrote this down, but I didn't explore it at all. I meant to say it earlier. But I finally have a favorite porn star. His name is Ricky Johnson. You know, uh, I like him. Okay. I, I mean, just I'm found not, out what his name was. I'm not judging. You are judging male me. porn stars. No, I'm not judging you. You are. It's okay. Especially knowing what kind of porn you like. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that definitely makes sense. KCBOnBlack.com all the time. That's all I watch. They have a new one. Which is like, uh, black uncensored or un- black raw. Yes. How did you know? Also check. Uh, well, I'm a fucking porn connoisseur. Also check out uh, dark, dark X. Hmm, interesting. <clears throat> oh, I wrote this in my journal and I thought this was a good point to some of what I was saying earlier. I was like 2008. I wrote this in my journal. So bear with me. I said 2018 initially was about a search for genuine love, but it turned out to be about the road to self-discovery. 2019 will be about genuinely loving me. I wrote that in my journal. Look at that. Okay. So if you want more of Casey's journal entries, where can they reach you at? What? 
uh, no more journal entries, but um, <laughs> if you want to reach me, you can do so at K underscore in real life. That's K-A-Y underscore I-N-R-E-E-L-L-I-F-E. That is on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook at KC Call. Um, if you want to reach the show, you can do so at the 2 a.m. podcast on podcast. Wow. On Facebook. <laughs> Twitter and on IG. And then again, if you want to email us any questions, comments, concerns, opinions about the topic, I did mean to go into themes about the show you, but maybe we'll explore that next week. Cause I kind of forgot. Um, so I'll discuss that next week or whatever. Cause it was some really important themes that I was battling with watching that show that I actually wanted to discuss. I'm sure. Um, so Yeah. <laughs> we're all doing that next week and if you want to if you want to talk about anything we can do so at that email ask 2 podcast at gmail.com and Hendrix where can I reach you um, you can reach me on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at Noli Hendrix that's N-O-E L-L-Y-H-E-N D-R-I-X Noli Hendrix on Facebook Instagram and Twitter also um, follow us on our website it's the 2ampodcast.podbean.com. Um, subscribe to us on Podbean. We didn't really touch on it that much towards the end of last year, but we actually did change our main platform from uh, SoundCloud to Podbean. So that has been very interesting. If, you, um, <clears throat> if you're if you an avid viewer of our Instagram page, I definitely uh, put something out the other day about that. Like It's, it's a struggle, but we're trying to work through that and and make that uh bigger and better uh yeah <laughs> we have some ideas for this year so just be patient with us we are oh yeah this is our two-year anniversary of doing this hey. podcast we, we definitely missed that while we were on break um but yeah we've been doing this for two years officially yes we in this thing and uh yeah we just want to grow and expand our brand also check out the uh down with the king podcast um that comes out every saturday every other saturday depending on what yeah we all look if you want to have freedom you don't want to have time constraints you know what i'm saying you just want to be the best you that you can be come to 2am media and we got you hey <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Any last word, Hendrix? Yeah, I'm actually doing my uh, Remember Millennials this year. That is something that I'm making an effort to do. I'm actually doing it myself. So, as always, Remember Millennials, there's only two outcomes in anything you do in life. You are either settling or you're winning. In 2019, as a collective... Let's get those wins up. All right, guys. That's going to wrap it up for this week. Goodbye. Peace.